Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. I had podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Coming up today, C.J. Miller and Sabrina Halverson from Kansas City with the Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack and an Indiana company who joined us at our National Farm Broadcasting Annual Convention. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has change coming in the Indiana farm forecast and grains and oil seeds sold off on Friday. Analysis on the way with Brian Basting on the Hat Monday Morning Podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. The head of the USDA on plans to boost ag trade in 2024 and an Indiana-based company using the latest technology to help you get the most of your corn and soybean yields. I'm C.J. Miller in Kansas City reporting from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Reminding you, if you have chest pains, you go to the heart doctor, right? Well, your mental health shouldn't be treated any differently. Talk to someone today about your mental health struggles. Learn more at extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress. Well, the USDA secretary made a couple of announcements during the NAFB convention here in Kansas City regarding plans to increase trade for U.S. ag products. Sabrina Halverson joins us now and has this report. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack on Thursday announced the next steps in the U.S. Department of Agriculture's efforts to bolster U.S. agricultural trade, including the department's planned trade missions for 2024 and the opening of a public comment period for new regional agricultural promotion programs. The key to trade is is people, uh, presence, and promotions. Uh, And these resources will allow us to continue to expand our reach uh, into markets uh, that are non-traditional to complement the work that we're doing in the more traditional ag markets. Vilsack said market diversification is an important tool for maximizing growth opportunities for U.S. agriculture, as well as hedging the risk of market contraction and general volatility in the global marketplace. In March, uh, we're looking forward to uh, a trade mission to South Korea. In April, uh, the trade mission will be headed to India. In June, the trade mission will be in Canada. July, we'll see us traveling to Colombia. September, we'll do uh, an event in Vietnam, which will also have some Thailand uh, opportunities and influences, and December uh, we'll finish with a trip to Morocco, which will also allow us to have some Northern African uh, nations involved. And so you can see from the trade promotion uh, and trade mission area, 
that we're looking for diversifying uh, our market opportunities. In October, Secretary Vilsack announced that USDA will use $1.3 billion from the Commodity Credit Corporation funds to establish RAP to bolster and diversify U.S. agricultural export opportunities and strengthen support for specialty crop industries. The investment will enable American exporters to enter new markets and expand market share in current and growing markets. I'm Sabrina Halverson. If you're an Indiana corn and soybean producer, you're already planning now for next year's growing season. Well, there's a company based out of Westfield, Indiana, that's using the latest technology and a team of advisors to help you maximize your yields for 2024. So whether it's a drone or a plane or a satellite, yeah, Tyrannus is your best bet because we can make sense of it, but we bring the right partners to the table so you can engage with that data and make an actionable decision. And that's Mike DePaula, Chief Commercial Officer with Tyrannus. His company has a platform called Acre Forward Intelligence that takes scouting your fields to the next level. You can get a leaf level view of every acre of your farm, understand your stand count, understand your weed pressure, understand nutrient deficiencies, diseases, things like this. But what makes it even more powerful is if you're a grower now, you can actually get the advice from your coach, from your trusted advisor, opposite these beautiful images that are quantified of your field. So it's game tape for your acre. It's understanding how am I performing, what can I change now to win this season, and what do I need to repeat or change to do better in the next season. He says that Acre Forward Intelligence gives you real-time data to your iPhone, Android, or tablet to help you make decisions more quickly and with more certainty to get the most of your yields come harvest. But what it enables you to do is, did I get the start that I wanted? How is that hybrid performing? Was that the right seed treatment for me? Did I manage the weeds properly? How is it responding to the nutrition that I'm providing? Is it really withstanding the disease that it's supposed to? And then when you get to the combine, because a lot of people are looking at this, do you know the result you got? With Tyrannus, with Acre Forward, you will have no doubt as to how to repeat the successes and avoid the failures and stop the yield robbers going into next season. DePaula says that Acre Forward Intelligence by Tyrannus was developed to bring people together and add to your team, not take the place of your team. If you've been in this industry, technology is always about cutting somebody out, getting a better price. What our technology does is it brings people and information together so you can all make a better decision and so you can build a prosperous community in Indiana so everybody can be part of this and everybody can bring their skills to the table. And what we see with our advisors and our growers is the best retailers and the best growers are using this technology to really test themselves and figure out how to get more from their acre and how to respect that acre and respect that legacy so they can use what they need to use and they can make sure that they're doing what's best for them, not only in the short term, but for the long term. He adds that Westfield and the Indianapolis area have been an outstanding location for Tyrannus as its global headquarters. Great economic environment to grow, great place to be. It's good to be around corn and soybeans and be part of the community. I'm actually from Howard County. Hamilton's great, but we have people from all over, whether they come out of Purdue, whether they're in Howard County, whether they're in Tipton County. We're able to draw from a lot of resources and we're able to reach in and really use the best that Indiana has to offer to make sure that this global company continues to work. So we're able, we're a global company, but Indiana is just such a growing, important place to be. There's not really a better place to live, raise a family, and grow a crop. To learn more about Acre Forward Intelligence by Tyrannus, visit acreforward.com. 
You can also hear more of my conversation with Mike DePaula with Tyrannus on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Starting off the week with some warm air still in place, south flow in control, but we do have a weather system moving towards us that will likely bring clouds first by late today and tonight, and then rain overnight tonight through tomorrow. This is a system that's coming up from the southwestern United States. Showers and thunderstorms are likely with it, but I think the heaviest moisture is going to be over the central and southern parts of Indiana and especially down south of the Ohio River into Kentucky and Tennessee. Right now, I'm projecting anywhere from a quarter to one and a quarter inches of rain. Coverage 100% of the Hoosier State as we move from the overnight tonight through tomorrow late afternoon. By sunset, I honestly think most of the activity is done. Cooler air comes in behind this, but it's not bitterly cold. I just think that we're done messing around in the 50s and we're probably getting knocked back into the 40s overall through the rest of this week. For the Wednesday time, Time frame clouds give way to sunshine with the cooler air holding through the entire day temperatures may try and moderate a little bit late Wednesday Wednesday night Thanksgiving day on Thursday doesn't look too shabby partly to mostly sunny mild enough and then we see another reinforcing shot of cold air trying to sag southward overnight Thanksgiving night into Friday in that cool air mass I think we see a little bit of cloud cover and a chance for some on again off again moisture a few hundreds to a tenth or two of liquid equivalent that's all I think we're mostly looking at spotty rain showers, but at this point, I will not completely rule out sloppy wet snowflakes, particularly when anything that lingers late Friday night into the early Saturday morning time frame. The rest of the weekend, I think Saturday, Sunday are chilly with a mix of clouds and sunshine. Going into next week, the cold air wants to park here for a few days, but I'm going to say we're near to slightly below normal rather than seeing a full out Throw the hammer down, cold air, Arctic surge. That seems to want to fill in in the northern plains and upper Midwest. So we'll watch and see whether it spreads any farther south and east. At this point, I think our coldest days are Monday, Tuesday, and early Wednesday. And then we see temperatures moderate the second half of next week. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Liquidation in the ag markets wraps up the week. This is Hoosier Ag Today. And the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements coming up. First, let's find out why the markets did again go lower. I checked in for market analysis midday with market analyst and economist Brian Basting, Advanced Trading. Brian, as we end Friday, it is a negative close. Everything is in sell-off mode, led by soybeans. And it seems if it's not soybeans leading higher, it's soybeans leading lower. That's the case on Friday as well as some more rains are continuing to be predicted in um, South America, that is pressuring the market full on. Yeah, you summarized that well, Andy. The market has been gaining support um, from the dryness, particularly in northern Brazil, where those beans are farthest along. Those are the beans that are going to be setting pods, filling pods, 
from Thanksgiving through Christmas. Uh, but now they're saying that there's maybe a change in the weather pattern starting around Tuesday, Wednesday next week, which would be just a day or two, of course, before our Thanksgiving. But maybe uh, at least for a brief period of time, maybe one to two inches of rain in some of those areas, it's not a a tremendous amount. Uh, it's actually a little bit below average for this time of year for those folks. But just the pattern change is enough to make the bean market nervous. But you summarized it well with the meal market making contract highs. Beans are the leader across the um, grain and oil seed complex. Corn, we uh, discussed before starting this report, it's trouble finding a footing, and that's a common theme for weeks now. We are seeing some export demand at these lower prices, Andy. Mexico especially has been a dominant buyer of U.S. corn. However, the yields that we're hearing out of the eastern corn belt with your listeners there in Indiana, uh, Ohio, I don't want to say it's universally true, but it sure seems like it's generally true that they're very, very strong. Uh, in many cases, record high. So that's uh, this, the tail end of harvest, if you will, pressuring the market a bit here. And it's just having struggle, uh, having a struggle finding its footing down there in that 470 area. And each time it pops up a little bit, it just filters back down. And um, it feels like that this, uh, this tail in the price of corn is kind of corresponding with a long tail, if you will, in harvest in the eastern corn belt. Being an economist with the macro markets all under pressure earlier in the week as well, did that come into play for the ags? Yeah, we're seeing some uh, um, weakness uh, in the oil market too, um, maybe some psychological pressure there on the, um, on the corn market uh, a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, the equities have been holding up quite well. But if you look at the at the outside markets, as it were, we're starting to see some signs that maybe the interest rates are ready to hopefully come back down here at some point next year. Um, all those things, I think, are important, Andy. I would say they're secondary factors, but they are important, and the market's watching them. But front and center, we have to watch export sales activity, and right now we really want to focus, as your listeners all get ready for Thanksgiving, it's bean set and bean pod fill time period in uh, in northern Brazil. Like I said, between now and Christmas, we'll know a lot more the next few weeks how that crop's going to fare. Talk a little bit more about those rains, which obviously will lead to uh, some answers about how the crop fares. But uh, the rains, I believe in forecasts as we speak on Friday, have been curtailed a little bit, but still probably some soaking rains in areas that need it. Yeah, I'd summarize this for your listeners, Andy, is that I saw a real powerful chart this week that the size of Mato Grosso, which is the largest soybean-producing state in Brazil, Mato Grosso, the state, is, is a huge state. The map that I saw, saw basically implied you could fit five states of Iowa, in other words, the state of Iowa, five times and going on six inside Mato Grosso. So that's how large it is. So while the whole state may not be getting rains, some of the state is scheduled to get some good rains. So, you know, if you, if you nail that down, you can say that, yes, some of Mato Grosso is not going to do real well this year, or at least below expectations. But uh, some areas, according to our contacts, are at least faring okay. And uh, the bean crop, as your listeners know, is a little bit more forgiving, as it were, than corn. If it does, it can hang in there and, and then uh, get some good rains in that pod set, pod fill stage, as listeners know, in August. And you can really get a surprisingly good crop. Now, my crystal ball isn't any clearer than anyone else's, but I'll just remind your listeners that weather markets can be very, very volatile. And so I strongly encourage you to, as your listeners, 
to think in terms of, of risk management, if they've sold beans, for example, and are managing call options, or if they've still got beans in the bin or in town, that uh, weather markets can certainly ride quickly to the upside. But they can turn quickly to the downside, so manage risk. These prices for beans are historically attractive here for the size of the crop that particularly your eastern listeners, your, uh, listeners in the eastern belt there are receiving this fall. Quick note on Chicago wheat, simply a follower at this point? Searching for demand. It's just uh, every time we start to see some uh, footing in the wheat market, it makes new lows. And we're threatening to make new lows in Chicago wheat as we speak here on Friday. Uh, Kansas City did make new lows here on Friday. So it's it's a market that just can't find demand down here at this point. Um, export sales this week were very weak, and so it's, it's a market that's struggling at the moment. Brian Basting there, economist at Advanced Trading. Brian's number 309-664-2314. On the Hat Friday Farm Market Review, everything down. December corn, 467, seven and three quarters down. Eight cents lower, March contract, 485 and a quarter. Beans lead lower again, January 1340 and a quarter, a 20 cent loss, 18 and a half off on the March at 1356 and a half. December wheat 550 and three quarters down two and three quarters. Meats mixed. December live cattle up a dollar 175.75. And December lean hogs down a half dollar at 70.97. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.